0: David Sparks and Jason Snell spent their careers working for the establishment. Then one day they'd had enough. Now they are independent workers learning what it takes to succeed in the 21st century. They are free agents.
1: Welcome back to Free Agents, a podcast about being an independent worker in a digital age. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow host, Mr. David Sparks. Mr. David Hi, David.
2: Sparks. Hi, David. Hi, Jason. It's good to be back with you. It is, and we have a guest today.
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm excited. This is our uh, one of our interview episodes. Who's our guest?
2: It certainly is. It's uh, it's our friend Kourosh Dini. Welcome to the show, Kourosh.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on, Jason David. Thank you very much.
2: You know, it's a. Uh, I've been friends with Kourosh for years, and uh, he's a. Uh, he's. I'm very uh, envious of how productive this guy is. But uh, he's a psychiatrist, practicing psychiatrist, has his own practice. He's a writer. He's a musician. The guy's just always doing stuff. And um, uh, I when I was thinking about guests for the show. Uh, I know you have been out on your own for a long time. Kourosh, how long have you been uh, a free agent?
0: I'd say between 10 and 12 years, depending on how you
2: count it. Yeah. yeah. In Chicago, has a busy practice, but also manages to get a lot else done. And, um, you know, welcome to the free agents.
0: Thank you very much. Um, It's very cool to be here. Thank you.
2: Now, now, as a lot of doctor friends I have, uh, the thing they want most is to get into like Kaiser or some big hospital system where they don't have to deal with much, but just taking care of patients. But that's not you. So, so how did you how did you get to where you are?
0: Sure. So, uh, yeah, Kaiser. That's uh, that's the West Coast uh, type of. Uh uh, medicine
2: yeah so uh there's, there's, <laughs> wait a second i don't know what that means
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um just there's there's a lot of different uh groups and kaiser tends to be like west coast uh that's that's the group of medicine out uh, like uh that's the large uh uh insurance slash you know medical care thing that goes on out there in the midwest and probably the east that's not at all uh, here, we don't have that we, like I'm affiliated with like uh like private insurances and um, and and uh, self pay and then also the hospitals tend to be you know they have their own contracts with whole, all these various insurances uh, but yeah, that's what I meant by that so we,
1: have, we have that too, but the yeah Kaisers like the h m o like uh, in the northeast you have like uh Harvard Pilgrim. Is an HMO? I think. I think it's the same kind of
0: idea. I don't know. I don't know how it all. It, it, it gets very complicated very quickly. Mm. Look
2: at that. But uh, but what I do know is is that you are just probably not a system guy. I feel like you and I have that in common. Right. Um. But but you were in a profession that would be very easy to get into a system. So I mean, how did you? I mean, when did you realize that wasn't for you?
0: Uh, pretty quickly, I would say. So the transition itself. Um, was was quick. Once I finished my my fellowship at the the University of Chicago, I um, just started as an independent contractor. I was at um, uh, working uh, on staff at a hospital, but you know I wasn't an an, an employee. Um, and then I would also sublet an office, and I was um, um, in a couple of clinics. So I was quickly on my own. Um, but I guess the the mindset of it, I, I should say, took. You know, longer to get there. Um, uh, so, I, I think I knew fairly early on that I wanted to head in that way. I mean, obviously with the a quick jump from from fellowship, um, but that idea of doing my own thing, being my own boss, um, and uh, having my own voice—probably uh, more accurately—I think was an early sort of thought.
2: Yeah, I always talk about how with my depression-era parents, it was really a challenge for me to kind of get over some blocks to go to go out on my own. But uh, that wasn't true for you, right? I mean, your dad also was uh, an independent guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and and for much of his uh, working life, he's been uh, this independent physician, and so around the dinner table and just how things were, I always had him to look up to, and and uh, he kind of modeled this idea of being on one's own. Uh, so that, that made a big difference.
2: Now, now growing up, uh, you watch him deal with his practice. Did did he have any advice for you when you first went out on your own?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, it was a lot, and I, I think it was about hiring people that uh, could do the important things for you, not doing everything on my own. So, uh, for example, uh, getting a biller. Uh, would be. I know there are uh, clinicians who do that themselves, but you know, he was like, "No, nah, get get your own." Um, having uh, you know, getting an accountant involved, getting an attorney involved, getting you know, just lining up the the, the people that would be good to have, and and then um, how how to go about doing that. Um, I, I think, uh, and then also uh, having a network, having people around, having uh, people that you can talk to, and and this sort of thing. These are all they they seem. Obvious, but but they're not. And especially when you start off, you're just kind of like, "What am I doing?" And 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 he kind of like helped me. I'd say, really, just like, "Okay, here are the basics. You need these things."
2: Well, well, I do think that helps. I mean, both Jason and I kind of had a chance to get established in what we were doing uh, before we went out on our own, and and you did it, as I understand it, basically from the beginning. Yeah,
0: and uh, par- partially. I, I, maybe I had a worry that if I started getting too much into, um, let's say, the academic approach, you know, there's, I guess there's three major ways to, to go about being a physician if I'm thinking about it. One is um, going the academic way. One is going the um, uh, hired way, let's say, by a large um, insurance or uh, hospital entity. And the third is to do it on your own. And I was worried that if I did one of the other two, um, I'd become too used to it. I'd become too acclimated to it to want to uh, start striking out on my own. So I was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it at the beginning, and if I can't do this, then I'll make the transition back." Um, so instead of, I guess, a lot of uh, maybe more often you'd think of it going in the other direction. Let me just try to understand things, and then then I'll try to go it on my own. I was like, "Nope, nope. I want I want to give this the full uh, run before I try uh, do anything else." Gutsy. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I, I didn't think of it as gutsy at the time, and but looking at it in retrospect, perhaps yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the thing is, though, I had the, the the drive to always want to say my own thing. I always had my own in, interest in um, uh, thinking things through my own way, uh, ma- managing the practice the way I want to. Um, so, for example, uh, nowadays I'm seeing clients uh, uh, for full sessions of you know therapy and medication, uh, uh, 45 minutes. Um, usually if you're hired, you're not going to get the luxury of that sort of time. Um, you you um, have less time and your focus is different. And um, you can do good work, but it's different work. And... Um, and I like getting into the nuts and bolts of the the therapy aspect of things so as a result of being able to um, you know do my own thing um, I get to call that shot I get to say you know what i'm I'm involved in the therapy of things
2: that's you know I don't think I would have even known a nuance like that in my business at the beginning that that's now was your dad also a psychiatrist
0: no 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 he's a he's a surgeon uh, and uh, yeah, so these uh, very much went off in a different direction.
2: Yeah, hey, you because you, you really had a lot of knowledge then about uh, kind of the the basic nature of the practice, but but you've also got a history of kind of being a um, uh, an entrepreneur in other areas of your life as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Sure. Yeah, and and this is something I think we have in common. Certainly, the idea of like doing other things, you know, branching off into uh, you know developing. Uh, things besides just like a singular, uh, uh, a practice, um, you know, so, you know, you're doing your, your books, you're doing your other, you know, the podcasts and you know, all these things. Um, so I, I do music work and, uh, have been doing that for, you know, since I was five. Um, and I just never stopped. And then, um, uh, and then writing, you know, uh, kind of stumbling into one book after the next. Um, and just kind of maintaining these this sort of uh, 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 writing momentum and building on
2: that now, now, um, and you wrote uh, you wrote one book while you were still in school correct
0: yeah, yeah, I wrote the the, the beginnings of the uh, 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 video game uh, play and addiction book, which was yeah so th- that I think is a good example of where the desire for free agency kind of also was starting to um, bloom uh you know it had this sort of idea of wanting to uh, uh kind of go against the grain uh, a lot of a lot of people uh within the field had been thinking uh video games are bad in whatever way and um i loved those as well since the atari
2: 2600 uh so all right now, um, now that's old school right there
0: that is old school <laughs> my school my school
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's good stuff <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, there's gotta, gotta, I don't know if I can shout out to Yars Revenge or any, any, uh, any yeah. or, or adventure.
2: That, that's if you're really into it, adventure. Sure. When you were <laughs> the, when you were the dot, the adventurous <laughs> dot.
0: Did, did you ever play the old E.T., the one that, uh, they, they trashed? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the,
2: the one movie? that, the one that filled a landfill? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but, you like... Um, so, so, uh, But but tell me about that, because you were in school and you had a different thought on video games from a psychiatric perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, the thing is, is I realized that they're not bad, you know, that in fact, the, there's many positives about it. And, you know, socially, they could be very uh, beneficial. And, you know, I play games with my kids. Um, and uh, was, but clearly there were problems, too. Some people had issues with it and could use it problematically. So. This became a way of, okay, I got to say something about this. So I, I, I kind of drafted the, you know, we had to write a final paper for our, um, for graduating from the, the fellowship. And this was like, this was that. And then it went well, well received, all that. And then somebody convinced me I should turn it into a book. And then that, I think, was the seed of like, or a seed of like, okay, I can do other things beyond just um, uh, psychiatry, psychoanalysis, you know, like there's, there's this other part of me that could be uh, expressed.
1: I think we hear that a lot. um, And we see that in ourselves, too, that so if you if you have a job. That is, uh, you know, you're employed by somebody to do this job. Um, they, you know, that job is almost certainly going to be one thing, right? That is sort of like, this is the area we're in as a company, and we want you to do this thing. And it could be anything, but that's what it is. And a lot of the people that we talk to and who listen to this show, and certainly we ourselves have this, where you you end up on your own doing a big chunk of this, but also a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's easier to mix and match those different jobs when you've got some control over kind of, you you know, you're out on your own instead of, of having to fully commit. And I'm not sure whether we're taking advantage of the ability that we don't have to do a hundred percent into any one thing, or it's our interest in doing a little bit in a bunch of different areas that drives us out. I'm not sure about that one.
0: I I think that's a great point. I think uh, the thing is, is we're often, Uh, I think not always aware, at least myself, of where it is I'm heading necessarily, but it it is, so it looks like, you know, I'm doing several things, but really I'm doing kind of one thing. So in the sense of, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing music, you know, uh, it's, it helps me understand the creative process. It helps me understand uh, what to do with anxiety in the moment. It helps me to think about, um, you know, the process of um, improvisation as being, a thing created within a structure and then those sort of concepts help me understand uh, psychotherapeutic concepts uh, it, it may not seem like directly one-to-one like it seems uh, like it appears you know oh i learned this how to play this one phrase of music and therefore i can say something to a client it's more like i understand a process of play and its and its production and then i can relate to somebody else who is doing something creative within their worlds So, you know, as a result of having that free agency, I can practice piano and know that that is helping me with writing or with being with clients. Whereas if I were hired, you know, good luck explaining, I'd like to go play the piano now and you can pay me for that. That's not going to happen.
2: I wonder how many of our listeners that are free agents are doing more than one thing. I would guess it's a substantial percentage.
0: I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It, 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 being the, a free agent is not just about, I don't, it's not just a negative. It's not just, I don't want a boss. It's much more, I think, a positive. It's like, I want to say something, be something, develop a certain lifestyle. Um, and that will require my own agency to do that.
2: You've got it, brother. <laughs> 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 the, uh, uh, and, and you've done that. So you've got the, the medical practice, the books you write, and there, it's a variety of different topics. You're not just writing about video gaming. You've got books on productivity and, and mm-hmm. software products. And then, and then the music. Um, how do you balance all that? I mean, how do you figure out you know, what you're going to do today?
0: Um, so uh, there are certain things that I think are, are kind of major routines, and those just stay. And then I have certain, uh, you know, two or three things that I maintain as uh, 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 like just channels of work that larger projects will go into. And then as soon as a, one of those larger projects are ended, I can move some other larger project uh, into that spot. So, uh, as an example, music is a um, uh, is a standby that has to be there um, every day. Uh, although I do have an exception right now because. The uh, piano is, um, is is, anyway. The computer piano thing is out of whack right now. It's it's being fixed. Whatever. Uh, Playing guitar in the meantime. But um, the thing is, is music has to be there, and so I'm up at five a.m. and uh, have headphones, and I do that. Um, Then uh, you know, there's certain uh, things like, uh, let's say I'm working on on a book, that would be one of those three things that I'm touching on daily. and, uh, or, you know, uh, for example, preparing for, for, uh, this interview to talk to you guys, I like, I'm like, okay, got to make this important sort of something. I'm boom, I'm moving that into my active sort of things list. And so it's there daily while I work on it,
2: uh, until, um, until it's not, and then I can put something else there. So I, I guess, am, am I summarizing correctly? You basically have the medical practice that has its blocks of time. And then, you, yes. and then you have separate blocks that are kind of flexible that you'll put whatever the other thing is you're currently thinking about into.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. So I didn't mention the, the medical because it's just such a – it's already there that I don't even uh, – so like I schedule those clients. So I have, let's say, you know ranging six to nine to ten plus minus in a day. Dep- less clients means I can devote more time to that, to let's say writing or, or working on this more clients uh means like i might just barely touch something and and just be like okay that's all i can do for that right now
2: now on average in a week how much how many blocks or hours do you get to put into the other thing i'm really fascinated by this because i I think that you're one of the people that we've interviewed that that has really capitalized on the other thing Mm. um
0: so it's always shifting it's always changing um uh For a while I you know would maintain a half two half days um open in order to really devote myself to uh, so it would become one full work day um to uh writing or other things uh, and then anytime you know somebody cancels or um, between clients or something like that I, I might be able to squeeze in a few ideas here or there i mean sometimes i'm working um you know if i'm If I'm walking and I'm just like, oh, I have this idea, I throw it into the inbox and then I have a a way to integrate that into the uh, work later. So that's not dedicated time necessarily, but these sort of, I guess it's a way of weaving the uh, dedicated time with that which is just in between time as well. I don't think I'm answering your question.
2: No, I don't <laughs> know if there really is an answer. I mean, it's been a challenge for me. I, I have uh, publicly stated I'm disappointed in my inability to get some books out that I wanted. And and traditionally what I've been doing in this free agency is, you know, the law practice is the thing I do every day. And then I make time for the other thing. But I, I haven't been making enough time for the other thing. And uh, we were just talking in the last episode how I'm trying to treat myself as a client more now. And now I'm, I'm like, I, I, I dedicate 530 a.m to 8 a.m. every day to writing on um, my next big thing you know but my big other thing and so I just wake up every day and then I do that take my walk and now I feel like at least I got some time into that and if the yeah. rest of the day gets blown on other stuff then so be it but I'm I'm fairly new into this practice. It's not an established habit yet. I don't know if it's going to stick or not, but, mm-hmm. but I was just curious how you're doing Like Jason, when you are working on a book, I mean, you've got these other big things too. You do once in a while, do you block it out or how do you pull it off?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, I, I'm a big believer in blocking off time. So that's definitely a way that I do it. And you you also have an idea of what your schedule is going to be. And it's just, it's, it's something you have to do. And I, I have, I think it's not quite the same as having patients, but I do have like a podcast that I have to record at certain, certain times and so those are blocked off that's like that part of the job happens then and then you find the time in uh, in other places
0: you know the other thing was uh, I, I, one of the recent uh, podcasts you guys have done I, I think jason you mentioned you had like 10 or 12 or some large number of podcasts to record in that like one week or so i can't remember right. exactly mm-hmm. and you know it makes me think of it's first of all you've got the practice of it right like if i were to do that i'd I'd fall on my face. I couldn't do it, you know. Th- but the second part of it, I think, um, and I think this goes towards uh, David your point of like doing the morning thing. Like it's about rhythms of work. I think there's, um, and maybe it's just the musical metaphor, but I think it's more than that. It, it, you know, we often talk about blocking this, blocking that, doing this. There's, you know, the, the, I'm trying to avoid the concept of um, uh, energy level because I don't like it so much. But if you do the same thing over and over again at certain times or you do it you know with some regularity you develop a certain practice you de- develop a certain habit and then that habit is its own repetition that can be varied and and other you know motifs can be strung through uh, throughout so it, it it i think it's if you maintain a good rhythm of work that's more then you're more into the process of it and right. and 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 the products are just are byproducts they are just nice little things that seem to hey look there's a book yay you know uh, it's more like it just appears
1: yeah having a pace i think is something that i've definitely learned on my own is is you get into a rhythm you set a pace and you sort of know like i can i can do this this is how this happens and once that's there that can provide like a little bit of a a scaffolding a little framework for you to do you know then you can put other things around it because you've got that structure
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that scaffolding is, is, is vital. And and that's, you know, to the idea of the, 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 the free agent again is this, you have to be able to structure yourself, but that is such a, it's, it's not a matter of, um, uh, willpower or I have to do this. It's, it's more like an understanding of oneself and what, what works well.
2: Yeah. And, And I think you just have to be willing to roll with it a little bit too. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard and, uh, you're going to have days where you have to make adjustments.
0: You, you mentioned, uh, uh, some enviousness of my own. I'm, I'm envious of you, David. You, you do a lot. <laughs> I keep looking at all the stuff you're doing. Like, all right, there's another post. Like, do you know how long those things take to write? You know how long those things take to write. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, uh, the thing is, is it, it, I think it appears Perhaps I appear to be more productive. I am pretty productive, but I think it's always grass is greener type of thing. Maybe that's what I'm trying to get at.
2: This episode of The Free Agents is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move and enter offer code FREEAGENTS at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Look, you're a free agent or you're about to become a free agent. What's one of the first things you're going to need when you make your move? You're going to need a website. And I'm not talking about something on Facebook. I'm talking about a real website with the real URL that points at your business. Squarespace is perfect to help you get started. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea and with a unique domain, award winning templates and more. I built my website for both Max Sparky and my Sparks Law legal practice on Squarespace and I've been using them for years. So maybe you need to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't need to hire a special consultant. You can just make a beautiful website on your own. And you don't need to worry about any of that extra maintenance stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And you can quickly and easily get your own unique domain name when you sign up for the service, so you don't even have to go somewhere else for that. One of my favorite things about Squarespace is the award-winning templates. They all look beautiful, they're professionally designed, but they also let you customize them so they don't have a standard look. People won't be able to tell it's a Squarespace site just by looking at them. Before I put Max Sparky on Squarespace, I had it on a third-party blogging platform where I had constantly had to make sure that my plugins were up to date and that everything had the most latest security patch. And I was really worried that someone would break in and take over my website without me even knowing it. Uh, I was so happy to switch over to Squarespace because not only did it give me this really good-looking website, it, everything is self-contained and held by Squarespace. So I don't have to worry about third-party plugins. It's all there in their system. I've been using Squarespace now for years. Occasionally I get linked by a big publication and my website just gets hammered with a bunch of hits. Squarespace never lets me down. They're always working. I can create new posts both from my Mac but also my mobile devices. I just took a big vacation. I post to my blog almost daily just using my iPad throughout that whole process. And best of all, you get all of this with plans starting at just $12 a month. And you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you do decide to sign up, use the offer code FREEAGENTS, that's all caps and no spaces, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the free agents. We thank Squarespace for all of their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So have you ever had any any rough patches as you've been going through this? I mean, hard times.
0: Rough patches, sure, yeah. Um, I try to minimize them uh, as much as possible, obviously. Um, the, rough patches, the way I deal with it is, I think that initial um, uh, advice that I got uh, from my dad, which was, you know, have people around. Uh, to, to connect with this idea of um, uh, you know if I have a difficult time if there's something going on with uh, you know a case I'm trying to figure out if there's um, something going on with my own uh, my uh, uh, you know when I'm struggling with a, a book I'm writing it's having people nearby that you can bounce ideas off of um, makes a world of difference uh, it, I, I sometimes get caught up in myself and think I know stuff. And I'm like, and then, and then as soon as I ask somebody and they point out something I didn't think of, I'm like, okay, yeah, I should just stop, you know, I should get off my high horse and really just (laughs) learn something from somebody. and like, all right, yes, this makes sense. So uh, that's, I know I'm speaking in generalities here, but I I think that's having people nearby that you can bounce different ideas off of is, is a big deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and having done it over 10 years now, I'm sure there's been times when it, it seemed like it, I guess that's a question. Has it ever felt like it wasn't worth it, that you made the wrong decision at the beginning?
0: Um, There's a lot of times that I wonder what could have been, you know, could it have gone that way? Could it have gone the other way? Um, But I don't think it, I don't know if it's wrong. I think it's more like the human condition of incompatible wishes, um and and constantly wondering what 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 could have been you know for example um there was a time in in college where i was thinking maybe i would just dedicate myself to music entirely and what could have been and so occasionally i might think wonder how i would be playing right now if i were practicing 4 hours a day and touring you know um but it doesn't mean that i necessarily regret it's more like it's like that that's another path that could have been where i am is pretty pretty all right it's got its problems i'm not going to say it doesn't um but um you know there's certainly other other paths that could have been
1: so um something i wanted to ask about we we talk on the show a lot about the proverbial <laughs> waking up at 2am um, wide awake, real, thinking like, oh, wait a second, what am I doing? And oh no, there's this thing that might go away, and everything's going to be ruined. And you know, there's anxiety, there's stress. Um, when you're on your own, you 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 are no longer insulated. As those of us who have exited the you know the business world of uh, of having a company around us, you're insulated from all that. It's not that the uncertainty isn't there; it's that you don't have to see it, you don't have to think about it every day. Um, as somebody who is a mental health professional and also <laughs> is not insulated from these things. How do, you, how do you approach this? How do you approach the anxiety, the stress, the uncertainty that comes with being out on your own?
0: Uh, great question. Yeah, so the um, first of all is to know that anxiety is there. It's not going away. Um, you know, anxiety is important. It's a part of life. Um, the thing is, if you if you don't have anxiety, it's it you border on kind of the sociopathic type of thing. So <laughs> it's Quite seriously, it's like it's 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 um it you gotta have it's gotta be there. It's part of the human.
2: Condition. So if there's one thing I've learned since I became a free agent, it's that I'm not a sociopath. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Congratulations. So if, the thing is, we handle it in different ways. So, you know, which is part of how you know my jo- my job is is there. You know, we can. We can pretend it doesn't exist, and that often gets us into trouble. you know um, we can often you even have these sort of um, uh, the proverbial uh, uh, posters uh, that you know are motivational that, you know that suggest you should just fight past it in some way or another, but it's it's not about that. you need to feel it. you need to know it. you need to be aware of that anxiety fully in all its ugliness and then act be able to act if it makes sense to work through that in some way or another. Um, so, you know, um, I, I often will entertain the idea. Wouldn't it be nice to work for some organization? I could likely, uh, make more, or I could have my health care taken care of my, my, you know, instead of having to uh, deal with that differently, the retirement I could be dealing with differently. I could be, you know, it's taxes would be whatever Vac- vacations. I can go on. All right, I'll stop. But, um, the thing is, is I, I, it, it comes back to this idea of I like making my own schedule. I like to be able to shift things around. I like to be directly connected um, to uh, uh, clients. I like that. Um, uh, so like with book sales, for example, if somebody has a problem, they can contact me directly um, rather than, let's say, going through um, you know, a publisher or something like that. I guess I maybe there is a way to do that directly. But anyway, this way works for me. And I like that I can do that. And um the anxiety is just, I have to, I have to, um, uh, buy into that as part of the, the, the package. You know, the example I'll give sometimes is it's like, um, uh, being in a boat where, um, if you're in a large organization, it's like a large boat. You, there's, you know, you're taken care of in many ways. Um, you, 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 have your singular duty often that you're kind of given and, um, you, you, you do those and, and you're fine, but you don't get to Say where the boat goes. Um, whereas if you're on your own, you're in a small, tiny thing, and and you're subject to all of the whims of the world, the economic, you know, pluses and minuses, and and uh, you know, and and you can capsize, and and it won't be the result of something you did, or maybe it is. Um, and uh, but you get to say where that boat goes. You get to you get to decide where that goes. And um, so you just you you learn to. Pay attention to that sense of anxiety. Help, hopefully, it signals things correctly to you in some way, and and or at least you weigh it against the things you know to make your decisions. And um, when when you do that, and when you really feel like I think you've kind of settled with the feeling of anxiety, when you know you're not getting you know new thoughts coming to mind, maybe you're starting to ruminate your you know new idea. Then and you're able to act. Uh, then it 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 tends to shift that anxiety to excitement. It tends to make it more of, um, um, uh, yeah, it, 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 another analogy, if I can add it, is like um, going on stage. You know, A lot of people deal with stage fright. Um, but if you practice it, um, then uh, oftentimes that anxiety shifts into excitement. Uh, it, it depends on that practice. It depends on how well you're starting to feel like you're doing with things. Um, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I think it's worth it in the end to 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 manage it that way. I,
2: like when deciding to go on your own, that that was a very stressful time for me. You know, it was very hard to, you know, is it going to work? Is it going to fail? Am I giving up a job and I'm going to go hungry? And, and my wife and I had several conversations about just that. They're like, well, let's take worst case scenario. You know, let's just get comfortable with that. Let's pretend I quit the job and I go out and I don't have any clients come and nobody buys the books and I don't make any money. Well, what would you do then? Well, you know, I'd, I'd go get a job. Yeah, you know, so right. You're not you know, banned and, and we, from
1: all other work because you went out on your own, right?
2: You, like, yeah, exactly.
1: World continues. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and just kind of talking through it and realizing, you know, if the absolute worst case scenario happened, I, I it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. You know, and once I got comfortable with that, it, it made the decision to leave uh, trivial almost.
0: That's that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a very good point, and I and uh, I do. That does run in the back of my mind. It's like, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I can get a job. Yeah.
2: That's there. But it does work. You've been doing it a long time. So, uh, so for those of us out there that haven't been doing it as long as you have, uh, tell us some of the, uh, the things that you found work particularly well for you as a free agent. Sure.
0: Um, Well, one, one we've mentioned, which is have uh, colleagues, have mentors, have people around to, to bounce ideas. Um, Another one is uh, um, sounds um, promotional, but really isn't. Is uh, learn to manage yourself, learn to manage your own tasks, learn to manage. You know, you need to be able to um, uh, know when to get back to people and how to get back. Because the better you are at that, when you can, um, uh, I think there was an example you gave, Dave, at one point, where. Um, like, you called somebody, like, seven months later, and you said you would do so, and, like, you're able to, and, like, they, like, startled them. Like, when you're able to do that, you are, you establish yourself as somebody who's on top of things. And when you do that, um, people will turn to you uh, much more frequently. Uh, Not only, you know, it's not just that you're on top of things, it's that you, um, uh, you know, it, it speaks well for you in general. So the they're ready to look at your work, you know, uh, as for me as a, a mental health professional, as like, okay, this guy must have the same seriousness that he approaches uh, being on top of things with that sort of um, seriousness. So uh, learn, and it's a skill. I think it's, it's, it's a lot of times people are worried they can't do that, and I was not on top of things in the past, and then I got on top of things. It's a skill. It can be learned. So that's important. Yeah,
2: and I think there's a lot of people out there that are really good in their particular field, but they're also kind mm-hmm. of scatterbrained and they need like support staff and people to manage a lot of things for them. And sure. uh, I guess I'd say if you're going to go out on your own, you need to either figure out that yourself or go out on your own and have enough money to hire that support staff because right. you're not going to have it if you don't.
1: I mean, the absent-minded professor type is a is a real thing and it's sometimes the most brilliant, uh, people who might even benefit from going out on their own, but they, they will need support and they'll either need to be good enough to find it or, or they'll be in trouble, right? Like you, you do have to be a little bit of a cross trainer or at least be capable of knowing what you don't know and asking for
0: help. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you, that's, that's a great point. I mean, you have to be either, um, good at yourself or if you want somebody else to do it fine, but then you have to have the skills to assess somebody. And how well they would uh, work with you or not, and uh, which is fine. And if you've got that's a skill in and of itself. So you could develop that skill instead. Um, But if you don't do either, then you are dependent on somebody else just doing it for you. Um, And chances are you're going to be working for them in in that scenario uh, instead of being a free agent, Um, which is can be or there just happen to be a, a you know very Kind benefactor, and which you know that would be great, but how often does it happen?
2: Right. So you said you got better at it. How did you go about doing that?
0: Couple things. One, um, uh, my own uh, my own therapy, my own uh, analysis that I went through uh, was huge. It was very helpful to me. Um, another one was uh, when I started with um, uh, the getting things done and uh, Kinkless GTD on Omni Outliner, eventually OmniFocus, um, and just practicing that and getting better at that. Um, and, um, meditation, uh, somehow has been very, uh, powerful for me as well. Those things in general have helped me deal with my attention and, uh, being able to set things, uh, set things aside where I want them to be so that they're ready for me when I, when I'm ready for them. And, um, Uh, give me confidence that I can start adjusting the world in a way that works
2: for me as well. Yeah. That last part is a trick. I think if you're going to go out on your own, so much of it is about that is, is figuring out what's, what is balance for you? Because I don't think, you know, when you first go out on your own, that's something, the question is just coming to me that I have been making a lot of assumptions about what balance is when I really hadn't given it much thought, you know, at the beginning. And, uh, Jason and I, Jason has heard me talk about that a while lately because it's, it's on my mind constantly.
1: This episode of Free Agents is also brought to you by FreshBooks. Hey, all of you freelancers, free agents out there. You know how important it is to make smart decisions for your business. This is what we've been talking about on this and every episode of Free Agents. Our friends at FreshBooks... Can save you up to 192 hours. That's a lot of hours with their cloud accounting software for freelancers. It's ridiculously easy to use. It can simplify tasks such as invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online. FreshBooks drastically reduces the time it takes for, let's see, so far it's 10 million people to deal with their paperwork, and it can help you too. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders. You don't have to waste your time checking in on people who are a little slow in paying you, it automates that entire process so that you can just go and do your work. And the brand new projects feature lets you share files and messages with your clients, contractors, and employees so you can see how quickly things happen when all of your conversations live in just one place. If you're listening to this podcast and not using FreshBooks yet, you need to give it a try. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial to anybody who listens to free agents. You don't need to give a credit card or anything like that. You're not going to get charged while you're trying it. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash and enter free agents in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you to FreshBooks for supporting us and so many free agents out there.
2: So so, what doesn't work, Kurosh? I mean, with all these years, I'm sure you've had some uh, some discoveries that may may help some of our listeners.
0: Sure, um, pr- pr- pretending that I have uh, infinite time <laughs> doesn't doesn't work, um, and and I keep doing that in different different places. Um, if, if you saw my, my book or my video game collection, you can easily see that I delude myself regularly into thinking I have time to do anything with them.
2: Well, you know, everybody says that, you know, you talk about that. It's like saying no and, and choosing what to do and realizing that you don't have time for everything. But, but how do you, how do you fight that beast?
0: Yeah. Uh, the concrete idea of having, uh, maxing out on three things that I'm working on, um, seems to be pretty good for me. Um, it used to be more than that. And then I realized that was wrong. And even threes a lot. Um, uh, that's in addition to all the clients that I see and, uh, the piano that I play. But if I maintain that number and, um, somehow that works somehow that I, I, I just have like, okay, I'm going to touch on each of these things daily. And on the days that I have more time, I can delve more deeply into them. Um, and, and, uh, and, and keep going until they're done. Um, that works, you know, um, I don't need to add uh, uh, false deadlines because there's a huge pile of stuff waiting behind them that's that are quite real um, and uh, give me enough pressure. And um, uh, somehow just that, that very concrete way of looking at it works for me. What,
2: what do you mean by false deadlines?
0: You know, uh, I have to get this, uh, you know, let's say a book out by – if I tell myself I have to get a book finished in the next three months or something like that um, – I don't know if I'm going to be done with it in three months. I might be done with it next week, but I might not be done with it for a year. Um, I'd I'd rather it be good. I'd rather just, I want to feel like this this makes sense. Um, Of course, that means I have to pay very close attention to whether or not um, I am uh, ruminating on it in some way, if I am trying to achieve some mythical perfection, if I'm trying to delay doing something else by trying to keep working on this. If I'm, um, uh, you know, any other different ways that I I could be um, avoiding uh, uh, doing other things or getting into uh, or completing it. I have to be just very cognizant of that.
2: You know, I also know from just talking to you as a friend that you're very involved with your kids and your family. And that's something that has kind of grown up around your being a free agent over the last 10 years. Um, yes. What discoveries have you made in that? And how do you manage to also be there for the kids?
0: So that's a continual struggle. And I'm I'm always trying to get better at it. And I'm always taking notes from others. So I'm, I'm. I have room to improve, um, but uh, hanging out, being doing homework with them, playing video. I love playing video games. With yeah, them. it's yeah, a time that, that I can.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I. I could keep going about that. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but things that I, it doesn't have to be that. Uh, it's. It's that I find ways to enjoy myself with them. It's got to be. Um, it's not necessarily that. Um, i 'm their friend, but it 's that I can play with them uh, you know that I can be in a mind state of play uh, with them and then and that that 's important
2: yeah, yeah we, we just went over to Europe, and um, my daughter she 's older than your kids and she's she 's getting a minor in art history, so going through those amazing museums over there and having her there as my my docent I guess telling me about these paintings. Uh, as a father, having your daughter teach you this stuff, I honestly, it was probably the highlight of my trip for me. Just, it was just so fun having her to see her excited about this and showing me this and telling me a bunch of stuff I had no knowledge of before. It was great.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that transition from, you know, seeing your child, you know, when they're very young and they present something that looks like, you know, kind of these squiggles and such, and they look, Pretty neat, and you're like, "Hey, neat. That's cool." So where, like, you know, they start teaching you something you don't know, and that can happen even at a young age too. And, and they're like, they sometimes come up with the coolest sort of ideas, um, uh, and and they just they just when they kind of dumbfound you, and you're like, "Wow, that that that's amazing." Then um, uh, it, it does something not only for you; it does something for them too. Um, you know, when they realize that they can have this really positive effect on you uh, through something they did, um, it's, it's really it's it's impressive. They, my um, one of my daughters had said um, something. You know, you know, dreaming I think is is when you're thinking and you don't realize you're thinking. And I just want that's really cool. I really like that. That's awesome. <laughs> so does that
2: mean we're going to get a book on that? <laughs> I have no idea. I'll ask <laughs> her. <answer. laughs> what, what's the hardest part about being independent for you? Well, I
0: guess probably the anxiety. The You know, there's the sense that there's no, even if you're in a big organization, the thing is, no matter what, um, there's um, nothing stable. Um, for all I know, somebody's going to make an app that is, you know, uh, amazing, that will uh, help... I don't think it'll happen, but it's like it can replace whatever aspects of therapy and medication and this, that, and the other. But the thing is, all all medium are under threat of disruption. You know, they talk about disruptive technology and who knows what. It's that everything is possible to uh, to, to to not uh, work at some point, point. Um, and uh, you know, can broaden it to the point of we're we're on a um, uh, a planet hurtling through space that could you know. Uh, smash into an asteroid at any point so we can have that anxiety too if we really wanted to um so but but having that sort of free agency there is a very palpable sort of like hmm i'm at the whims of whatever economic something that's going on what if you know that you know three people wrap up their um their uh, uh their therapy in the same week, then what do I do about that? And, well, okay, I know exactly what to do about that. I can call this person, that person and say, okay, this goes, oh, well, maybe I could focus more on my writing at that point. Oh. But it's like, you always have to kind of think through these sort of, sort of scenarios and it's always dealing with the anxiety of all of these things all at once. Yeah,
2: and the interesting thing with your boat analogy is that the um, if you're on the big boat it could be heading for an iceberg and you would be completely, you know, in the dark about it. You wouldn't have any idea. Exactly. Uh, As a free agency, you see all the icebergs and, and some, and you make up a few as well. (laughs) Yes. So I guess it, I think it is probably more stressful in that way. Yeah. I mean Jason did, yeah, you, did, did you worry about future as much when you were working for the big company versus now that you're on your own well
1: I was uh, in the media business right so th- it's from the yeah. day I started in the 90s there was a question about the future of the media business <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. so <laughs> it, it was always there hanging over me I mean I, that was the first thing a conversation I had with a guy over the cube wall from me was do you think the company's gonna get sold do you think they're gonna shut us down that was my day one so uh, it, yeah it was always it was always there but it was always kind of inside which can be good and it also can be bad. It's a little like being on an airplane and if you have a little anxiety about flying and you're sitting uh, like on an, an aisle and all the, all the uh, little windows are closed, um, I, I like to look out the window right? Yeah. And then all the windows are closed. I'm like, I can't look out the window. It was a little like that, where it's like, I, there, there were, there's lots of stuff happening, but in the middle of the big media company, um, you don't actually know any of the details. It's just sort of vaguely scary. So I did. I, it was definitely, you know, it, it was not like I was whistling along like, oh, everything's going to be fine if I stay here and it's all going to be good. That was definitely not the case.
0: I think that scariness, I mean, it's it, it just the larger the group, it's more just the more buffered the scariness than it is. It's not gone. It's just it's it's you know as you say. There's like this vague sort of uh, scariness that that's there, and you might say something, and suddenly somebody somebody's eyes light up in a certain way, and you're like, uh oh, what did I just stumble into? <laughs> um, oh, I'd like to go you get,
2: I'd like to go back to that just a little bit because of your expertise and you know I'm not asking you to to help you know to be a doctor to us all but uh there's a lot of people listening to this show that are probably dealing with anxiety as well as part of free agency or, or thinking about becoming free agency. Uh is there anything any simple exercises or or practices you would share with them to to try and address that
0: to to manage the anxiety itself? Yeah. Um I, I wouldn't be able to give, like, a, a really clear, like, simple something to do. I can say what works for me, um, at least uh, um, a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, like, the, probably the broadest thing that I think has helped me, the simplest thing that has helped me is meditation. Um, it's, it sounds like, um, um, and, and really that's, all that is, um, is a regularly practiced focus on some predefined object you You choose a thing, you focus on it, and um, uh, uh, and then when your mind wanders because minds wander, you gently bring it back and and uh, you do that regularly and uh, some people actually have a hard time with that, so I can't make a general recommendation. Yeah. everybody should try this you know i I've, I know some people have you know actually they feel worse with it, and I'm like, okay well, can't do that. I I have um
2: because um, I've been I've had a meditation practice for like 15 years at least actually I have to stop back and think about it and the kind I do is, is what they call mindfulness meditation it's just basically trying to clear your mind and it, it's amazing how hard it is when you start and you get better at it with time and uh, for me I didn't see any results from it for like six months when I first started it but then at the end I realized that. I very rarely got upset about things. It's like I, it just slowed down my brain enough that I could process things. And I, I do think that's been a big help for me in dealing with anxiety over the years for me, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah. It's, it it is one of those, it's, uh, you know, whether, and everybody's different And, and what object you choose, whether it's about clearing the mind, whether it's about focusing on breath, whether it, you know, you can choose very, very dire things if you wanted to, if you were really good at it, or you can choose very simple things. Um, and uh, But everybody kind of has their own reaction to it. So anyway, so in answer to your question, I can't make a general yeah, okay. uh, statement. I didn't mean to put you on the spot works
2: there. <laughs> I think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it, is, uh, it is helpful to know that we're all dealing with this stuff, and, uh, and it is – nice to know that that even kurash has got to struggle with a little bit
0: yeah well i mean uh, i'll I'll add one more thing is my own therapy was was hugely helpful i said it before but i think i can't understate it i think it was really a big deal um and uh you know it's it's not like things would have been horrible without but i think it was just uh, the analytic sort of in-depth sort of um exploration of self I think was was made a big difference and and helps me learn how to manage my own anxiety
2: I know you you talked about sometimes thinking about what if uh, with other scenarios but now being in it at least 10 years uh if you had the decision to make over again uh would you go free agent again
0: yeah I think I would yeah I think um yeah yeah I'm I'm pretty happy with the way things are there's you know ask me on a day where I'm having a you know uh, one of my harder days uh even then I think I I'd still say I'm 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 all right with it. Um but doesn't mean I, I don't uh, whimsically wonder what if.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kourash, for for coming by and sharing your free yes. agent story with us.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I, I really appreciate this.
2: Gang, if you want to learn more about uh, Kourash, you can go check it out. He's got a great book on OmniFocus called "You." Uh, you go to Omnifocus dot com. Um, you can also go to kurashdini Dini, K O U R O S H D I N I dot com, and and learn more about all the stuff he's up to. He's got some great books. One on being productive. Uh, one on video game play and addiction. So maybe that's for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll be back in a fortnight where David and I will talk more about our own feelings because that's apparently what we do now on (laughs) this show. Uh, But until then, thanks to everybody out there for listening. You can get more by uh, tweet your your comments and questions at FreeAgentsFM. And you can go to Relay.FM slash FreeAgents, of course, and click the contact link to email us and to see all the episodes for the show. But until the next fortnight, David, it's been a pleasure as always.
2: Yes, it has. And we'll see you next time.